Hello and welcome back to the Off The Crossbar podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and as ever, Brad Morris. Now, before we get into this week's podcast, make sure you like and subscribe to us on all platforms available and follow us on Twitter at OffTCPod for the latest news and stories. Wow, Brad, I mean, we talked on Monday about Marcelo Bielsa being sacked and I thought that would be the biggest news of this week, but football never disappoints us, does it? No, because unsurprisingly, the massive world events that are ongoing have bled into football and the right outcome has eventually happened. Mm-hmm. Obviously, many of you will know it is to do with the Roma Abramovich era at Chelsea, which we will get on into a second. But let's talk about the FA Cup games from this past midweek. As we spoke on Monday, it was round five. We've had all bar one of the fixtures which is scheduled for Monday evening again I don't know why it was pushed back that's an odd one uh, see then yes um, so we'll start off with that game on Wednesday between Luton Town and Chelsea Football Club now obviously a few hours before the statement from Abramovich saying he has put the club up for sale due to the ongoing stuff that is happening between Russia and Ukraine which we obviously both condemn and obviously hope that it gets resolved quickly um so then that was a bit of talking point for like two hours or so before the game and then Luton Town got off to the perfect start possible yeah well you see people will call it perfect start in that situation I always go no you've done it too early what are you doing (laughs) I was just hoping we had that referee from the African Cup of Nations a few weeks back when he just blows the whistle early stop the count stop the count Exactly, that's the match done for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, give credit to Luton. They did really well throughout that whole game, despite obviously Chelsea's squad being worth more than probably the whole Luton area, let alone Luton Town itself. Considering we've been around there, yeah, I could probably back that statement. Mm. Well, um, no offence, I'm sure it's um, a lovely area. <laughs> yeah, uh, but on a Luton standpoint, you've got to say, did really well considering uh, they're in the playoffs and in the championship, which, again, many of you, even Luton fans will say this has been like a really good season and at this minute in time maybe overplaying how they are capable because obviously the past few seasons haven't gone so well. Uh, but Chelsea managed to end up winning it late on thanks to a Romelu Lukaku goal um, despite being 2-1 down at one point uh, at half-time. So... Nathan Jones' side will definitely keep their head high as they look forward to the rest of this season. Um, Chelsea, though, it's a bit of a wake-up call that even uh, a championship side like Luton, you've got to be on your A-game the whole time. And uh, two of the front three managed to get a bag of goal, which I think is probably the two most surprising players to score, Lukaku and Timo Werner with the goals. Well, it's nice that they had to at this point. And Werner yeah. was having a lot of chances so he had to take one eventually and it was mm-hmm. just it was that, that cycle that I've seen in a lot of the games this midweek that it was just one team dominates another team soaks up, soaks up all the pressure hopes to break on the counter and get something probably only one mm. game that in which that didn't happen and I'm sure we will talk about that and laugh in process yes um, but yeah overall money, Chelsea managed to get the victory and uh, now have a quarter-final tie to look forward to uh, next week or the week after next, the 19th of March. I think next week. I didn't realise. 
The 19th, yeah. Which I believe is next week. I want to say it's two weeks. It is two weeks. I'm just looking now. It is two weeks away. Maths isn't um, your strong point, really, you, is it? No, I am extremely tired. But yeah, um, on, back on the Chelsea front, Abramovich putting the club up for sale. There had been rumours of it from, I think, early as Monday this past week. Um, and I obviously mentioned it in the video, which if you haven't seen, go check out now on our YouTube channel where I talk about uh, the Abramovich era and uh, potential buyers uh, for the club, including uh, the Swiss billionaire Hans-Jörg Viss, uh, which seems to be a predominant uh, name around the club. And obviously there's also been uh, one of the owners of the LA Dodgers, who's also been rumoured in uh, buying the club. Then um, there's obviously big billionaire. Uh, go on. Is it Grand Edward? Was, wasn't there talking about the LA Rams owners coming in? Was that, oh, with that, I was just thinking Stan Kroenke. Wait, <laughs> hang on. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought was a bit weird. But um, another name that's been. It's just Stan Kroenke's master grand plan all along has just been buy all the London clubs and form one massive superpower. Yes. <laughs> Buy all um, the London clubs like that they're Infinity Stones or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another name that has been like um, partially the real love London about, FC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, the UK's richest man, Sir Jim Ratcliffe, has said that he isn't interested in buying the club. Um, many may know him as uh, the owner of Ineos Chemicals or CEO. Um, so obviously if you're into your cycling and your uh, sailing, he owns obviously Ineos Grenadiers and the Ineos sailing team and has part stakes in the Mercedes F1 team as well. Uh, and he had allegedly been rumoured once to take over Manchester United in the past as well. Well, it's basically everyone's been linked with Manchester United. Yeah. Uh, but he is obviously the current owner of uh, Nice in France and a team in Switzerland. I think it's Luzerne, I believe. Oh, no, I but anyway, uh, he has distanced himself from that Chelsea uh, bid. So there was talk that um, any series bid would have to be in by today. But I, obviously that deadline's obviously not going to happen and it would be one that takes a few weeks. And I don't know whether we'll have one announced by the time the season ends. I'm just waiting for Mike Ashley's serious bid. He's been doing all the Derby Derby stuff's gone quiet. <laughs> we've seen all the Derby stuff go quiet. He's gone. Wait, Chelsea are available. Oh, God. Could you imagine him as Chelsea owner? Oh, it would be hilarious. But you've got Chelsea fans all. It's weird like, this whole week because the whole reason Abramovich has given it up is because of. Wrong reasons in the first place. Mm -hmm. So does it just feel a bit out of place when you have fan box pops going? Oh, he's a legend. You know all this history. He's responsible for it. Always like read the room of it. You know. Like, yeah. Not not now. Hmm. Like, let's be honest. I mean, out of this, like, if this was any normal time in the world, he wouldn't have sold Chelsea up. Like, he's only selling because of what is going on. So, while he may have brought uh, success to the club with 19 trophies in his 20-year tenure at uh, Chelsea, you, 
it's not one of them you like you talk about the matter now because oh like let's be real the only reason he's in the news and selling the club is because of what's going on in the world yeah think it to yourselves just don't go saying it out loud right now in these current times yes Right, anyway, let's get back to the football. So Tuesday's action saw Manchester City beat Peterborough United 2-0, Crystal Palace beat Stoke 2-1, and again, Championship side Middlesbrough have knocked out Premier League team, but this time, it's Tottenham Hotspurs. Oh, it's not that much of a shock then, is it? No. (laughs) Again, another game that went uh, to 120 minutes, with Josh Coburn scoring the winner in the 107th minute. Spurs really are on a roller coaster these last 10 uh, to 14 days. Yeah, and Spurs were the only team that made it look difficult in terms of dealing with the opposition. They didn't dominate at any point. If anything, mm. the game was quite end to end. Either one of them could have realistically won it with the chances that were being given. But yeah. I always felt like it was Middlesbrough that were going to do it. Yeah, there was just something about that whole game where I was like, I know I'm angry still a little bit at how they knocked out Man United, but this game I was like, you know what, I can see Middlesbrough actually knocking Spurs out and uh, advancing to the quarterfinals, and obviously they managed to do it late on, but Jesus Christ, to have been a fly in the room, in the dressing room after that game of Spurs, just to see what Antonio Conte was like. Like we named our podcast, was it last week? Was it this time last week we named it as, as Tottenham Broken... Antonio Conte. <laughs> yeah. if, they, if they didn't then, they may have now after this one. Oh, definitely, definitely. Right, let's go for the last three games that have happened. Southampton beat West Ham 3-1. Which uh, is a lot more uh, shocking the scoreline than I think I was expecting in that game. If you hear from West Ham fans, that actually may not be the case. Mm. I mean, I didn't pay attention or watch the game, but it was a. You wouldn't have I seen just Roman Parade's goal then. It was. A oh no, I have seen. I have cr- seen that. Oh, thank goal. God he did crisp beauty. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, that's two goals in two weeks. That Southampton has scored beautiful goals, because obviously Ario Romeo's last week. Uh, Liverpool beat Norwich two-one with goals from Takumi Menamino uh, with the brace, and then uh, sad story now that non-league side Boreham have finally been eliminated from this season's FA Cup after losing 2-0 to Everton with Solomon Rondon scoring a brace there for Frank Lampard's side yeah Which I would was... say they were not in the game really one shot mm. all game was, yeah nothing it was too much yeah and it was their first two goals that they had conceded throughout the whole FA Cup as well so incredible feat from them uh, right so a look to the quarterfinals that take place in two weeks time uh, Liverpool will play the winners of Monday night's game between uh, Nottingham Forest and Huddersfield Town and then uh, the rest of the draw sees Crystal Palace take on Everton Middlesbrough play Chelsea and Southampton play Manchester City right let's head towards a Premier League weekend with uh, some very good games actually for us this weekend well, at least one of them will look to deliver, but, it, well, who knows? Okay. Mm, uh, we'll start off with the biggest game, and that is the Manchester derby between uh, Manchester City and Man United from the Etihad Stadium. Now, 
normally you'd say, oh, this is going to be Manchester City uh, winning. However, they've only won once against Manchester United at the Etihad since 2014. So despite many woes of Manchester United this season, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they pick up a result uh, there. And obviously I'm just being hopeful in the sense of I'm trying to give us a bit of hope going forth towards the top four and securing that a bit more. Yeah, obviously you will be a lot more hopeful, but it is weird how United just seem to come alive a little bit when it comes to the Manchester mm. derby. Yeah, it, 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 like it's the one game this or the season that you can always go, you know what, Man United are actually going to do something well in the game uh, or potentially get a result. And you're like, it, it's just weird how they can't be that consistent throughout the other 36, 37 games of the season. Maybe it's a case. Uh, is it really just as simple as a case of they can get more motivated for a game like this rather than say something against Watford? Yeah, I mean, it may be the case, but it shouldn't be happening at a professional level that you can you only get motivated for what five or six games a season. Obviously, taking on, of course, you're playing the other teams like Liverpool and Chelsea as well. You should be motivated to win every game. That is Manchester United's biggest problem, and also I guess it doesn't help when all the midweek talk of is well, Eric Ten Hag is learning English. <laughs> he's uh, he's calling. Well, can, can I just point out on that? Right, most Dutch people can speak English anyway. That's why like, I've heard him speak English. Yeah, so I don't know what is he learning Mancunian or something to have like a similar accent to Ali Gunnar Solskjaer because. Otherwise, he'll be able to speak English quite well already. He's got to learn the lingo, is that it? <laughs> How you say, schlabhead, uh, is that? You are no longer captain. How you say, shoe. Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> and what do I talk about uh, Ronaldo when we're playing for the Eric Ten Hag? Yeah, I think... Uh, I'm... If, like, let's be on this, Man United. If Eric Ten Hag does come in, we'll see a lot of changes. I think we'll see Ronaldo go. I wouldn't be surprised if Pogba leaves anyway. And I think he won't go out, because if you look at his Ajax squads, he doesn't go out and really get a superstar player. Maybe because that's Ajax funds that are available to them. However, he does recruit really smartly and gets his team playing some excellent football. So that's why I'm leaning more towards Ten Hag than Pochettino. A part of me feels like that is more of an Ajax thing. That's every manager has mm. been that way. That's just how the club works. Yeah. But as a manager, you take that on, surely. And mm. as we've seen with Manchester, they do have an up-and-coming youngster, a midfielder who they've sent out on loan, who has worked under Ten Hag, who clearly needs. A bit of confidence installed into yeah I mean what are Manchester United and Ajax both known for bringing through academy talent and United have a good plethora of them coming through now at the under 18s and so obviously Ajax has always been known for its academy so I think that's why it will, I feel like Ten Hag is a better fit than Pochettino yeah it's better you'd think to build something and a different vision yeah uh, right, let's have a look at the rest of the fixtures. So, Saturday's games kick us off with the new Jesse Marsh era at Leeds United as he travels to Leicester City. Uh, a game which I think at the start of the season we would have said, oh, 
this should be a really close one but after recent results despite Leicester's poor season I think I'm still going to edge Leicester to win this one you sure because I've got mm. new manager bats on the brain and Leicester are not great at the moment but if there is some saving grace for Leicester it is the return of Jamie Vardy yeah I mean obviously I don't expect him to be involved from the start but I would expect maybe 20 minutes or so and Realistically, 20 minutes is more than enough for Jamie Vardy to get involved in the action and potentially score. Yeah, we saw that the other night against Burnley when they won 2-0. He came off the bench and just reinvigorated the whole team. He got James Madison a goal as well. Yeah, so I've just got that feeling that uh, this new managerial bounce won't happen this week for Jesse Marsh's side. Uh, elsewhere, the three o'clock kickoffs say Burnley play Chelsea, Aston Villa play Southampton, Newcastle take on Brighton, Norwich Brentford, and Wolves Crystal Palace. And then we round off Saturday's action with Liverpool versus West Ham United. Again, an absolute treat of a game. Second versus fifth. Obviously, Liverpool battling to stay in the title challenge, six points behind Manchester City, though they do have a game in hand, and West Ham themselves are looking to get into the top four to overtake Manchester United for at least 24 hours so all to play for in that game yes it seems that way mm. uh, Sunday's fixture obviously we said Manchester Derby which is the half four kickoff. but we start off with uh, the Derby of sorts as Watford take on Arsenal uh, again Th- this screams banana skin for Arsenal doesn't it yeah I, I, there's just something here that's saying to me I don't know whether he's fixed, I haven't seen their injury list, but it's just screaming Emmanuel Dennis scores 1-0 Arsenal. Uh, 1-0 to Watford. Fred Foster masterclass in goal as well. Yeah. And then uh, to wrap up this weekend's fixtures, big game on Monday Night Football as Tottenham take on Everton. Now obviously, season-wise, Everton aren't uh, having the best of seasons, just being outside the relegation zone by one point, but... I feel like this is always a game that delivers between the two sides and I feel like this is probably the best Monday night football we've had in a long time. Slash, when was the last Monday night football we it had? Feels like, it feels like a pretty long time since we've had a Monday night football and I would obviously, I would definitely say Everton have a chance to snatch a victory here as well which would be massive for them in terms of their relegation battle. Yeah, which even to this day still seems a weird thing to be talking about. I don't know, they might have to get used to it as we've seen... Um, Alicia, is it was his first name? But anyway, the Usmanov, who obviously yeah. had links with Everton, he's obviously been sanctioned now in the UK, and he was funding the new stadium, I believe. Yeah, and obviously a lot of their uh, what you call it sponsorship, so uh, has been removed from and around the stadium because I know the women's team they played yesterday, I think it was, or it may have been Wednesday, and they didn't have a shirt sponsor because they were sponsored by Megafon on theirs so I think Everton are still sponsored by Kazoo on their shirts the men yeah that like if we find out Kazoo have got Russian links then we're all screwed <laughs> uh, it's back to playing the ukuleles it's the first musical instrument I could think of exit off this team's corner <laughs> Right, so let's have a look elsewhere in the world of football. So this weekend over in uh, Spain, we have Barcelona. They travel to Elche on Sunday evening. League leaders Real Madrid, they play host to Real Sociedad in a battle of first versus sixth. 
Sevilla, they uh, play on this evening, sorry, they uh, travel to Alaves later on, so that should be an uh, easy win for Sevilla. And then the big game sees third take on fifth as Real Betis play Atletico Madrid on Sunday evening. Again, big game for Diego Simeone's side to try and salvage something off this poor season. Yeah, like it's weird because all I've seen of Atletico this morning is all the Matty Cash rumours going back to, to Roost. What is it with Atletico Madrid in the last couple of years wanting to sign English fullbacks? Obviously, first it was East Trippier. Polish. Oh, yeah, he changed his nationality <laughs> back in November. Uh, but yeah, that was a weird one. But uh, still, again, like here in Trippier, it would be a random signing. That just wouldn't make any sense. It would be. 40 million plus lads, and you got him. <laughs> Uh, over in Italy, Inter Milan play tonight against Salernitana. Again, should be an easy win for Inter Milan. And then uh, Saturday, very interesting game as Jose Mourinho's Roma play host to Atalanta. Obviously, Mourinho will still be serving his second touchline ban. Did you see what he did for the game the other night? <laughs> yeah, how did we not bring this up? Just... Uh, Jose Mourinho? Yeah. No adjectives could be used to describe the man anymore, just Jose Mourinho. So obviously they play Atalanta on Saturday evening. And we're streaming illegally like the rest of us. (laughs) Uh, On Sunday, Juventus play host to Spezia at 5 o'clock. And then the big one, first versus second, Napoli versus AC Milan. Going to be an absolute corker uh, of a game there. And then... In Germany, we have Bayern Munich taking on Bayer Leverkusen on Saturday afternoon. RB Leipzig taking on SC Freiburg. And Borussia Dortmund don't play until Sunday afternoon when they travel to Mainz. I mean, I would say that should be an easy uh, Dortmund win, considering Mainz are down in ninth. uh, And obviously losing last week to Union Berlin. But it's Borussia Dortmund this season, so you can never write off anything. And then finally, over in France... PSG, they travel to Nice uh, Sunday evening. Marseille, uh, Lyon play tonight against Lorient. Marseille, they play on Sunday evening against Monaco. And the uh, fourth place, Rennes, they host Angers uh, earlier on on Sunday. So some very good games to look forward to this weekend across Europe. Right, I'll hand it over to you now as it's your predictions league. Good try on drug designers. We've only gone for 23 and a half minutes, which is a bit of a record for us. We're steaming through this today. It feels longer. <laughs> I don't know how. It's the quickest podcast ever. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, let's carry on. Uh, Leicester Leeds is first, and I've gone for a two all draw. Um, I'm going to go Leicester to win 2 1. Very interesting. The second game I've gone with Newcastle against Brighton and Hove Albion. I've gone for a Newcastle win by two goals to one. I'm also going to go with a Newcastle win, but I'm going to go one nil in this one. Game three, the last one of our Premier League choices. Liverpool against West Ham. And I've gone for a 2-1 Liverpool win in that as well. Um... I'm going to go 3-2 to Liverpool. We've got a real high scorer in that one then. Yeah. 
Interesting. And let's go for the European peaks now. I start with La Liga and Real Madrid are playing Real Sociedad. I've gone for a 1 1 draw. Interestingly enough, uh, I think Real Madrid will win this 2 uh, 0. You've got to say for the comfortable, I've gone for something a bit more interesting. Mm -hmm. But let's go for the probably the biggest game in all of Europe. I feel like you really undermined Napoli versus AC Milan a little bit, considering the magnitude of it and how much it's going to mean. Yeah, obviously, uh, I briefly mentioned it being first versus second in uh, Serie A, and obviously whoever wins it will go top. Level on points this season, uh, both on 57. Napoli have been probably the biggest surprise for me in Europe this season, considering like how stalwart their defence has been. Only conceding 19 goals in the league, uh, Luciano Spalletti at the helm of this Napoli team got them playing really, really well. And then Milan under Stefano Pioli, again, another really good team uh, in Italy this season. And it's good to see this as like the top four, if you know what I mean. Like it feels like a proper top four. A nostalgic top four. Yeah. And like, even mm -hmm. if going as far down as eighth, like you see Atalanta, Roma, Lazio, Fiorentina, like this feels like the good old days of uh, Italian football. The only team missing I mean, is Sampdoria. Those teams have always kind of been around there, though. That's pretty much how Italian football has been. But uh, mm -hmm. go results. I've gone for 2-1 Napoli. Okay, I'm going to go for a draw here and I've gone with 2-2. Two, two. I don't write AC Milan with this, you know. I just don't do it. Fair enough. And the final game for so, us this weekend? Going over to France. Okay. I've decided to predict the scoreline between Marseille and Monaco. Uh... Interesting. I'm gonna game. go. I'm gonna go one one. Well, I've gone for three one Monica. Three one to Monica. I oh, know I've gone brave. Wow. Um, that's very interesting. A reminder that there's a three point gap. Uh, because obviously you got the extra fantasy point last week. Uh, have you made any changes to your team? Um, I haven't. <laughs> Although I think it's about to be a defensive change. I mean, just looked and I remembered. Mm. Um, my change was I've brought in Mikel Antonio as uh, a forward replacing Alan St. Maximan as uh, he is injured and then I brought in Thiago Silva into the starting lineup, or I have signed him I can't remember whether he was in my team last week or not but yeah there are my two changes for this week and obviously I've brought um Emmy Martinez in goal because it's the Manchester derby and I don't trust David De Gea. Plus Martinez is on a double game week as well. I know, I think I've just realised I need to make a change. I'll put Joe Willock in. Interesting. Right, um, on to the final segment of this week's show, which is obviously the bit that we are starting, which I say is um, the worst take of the week or stupid comment. So obviously this is to do with either professional footballers or um, pundits or whatever coming out with uh, something outrageous. And this week's winner goes to none other than former Manchester City player Mario Balotelli. Now he did a interview... Oh, I miss Mario a little bit. Do you? 
I don't know. It was just because it was always something outrageous. Mm. Just well, I mean, thinking of content here. This week, he definitely has given us something outrageous because uh, he did an interview with the Athletic, and he said, and this is quotes from him himself, "I am a hundred percent sure that my quality is the the same level as Messi and Ronaldo, but I missed some chances." Now. Just to give you a rundown on Mario Balotelli's career, right? Throughout the whole time of his career since he became professional back in 2005-2006, he's played 419 games and scored 168 goals. In contrast, Cristiano Ronaldo's three years at Juventus, 134 games, 101 goals. Yes. Now, how many of those chances did Mario Balotelli miss to be classed as the same level as them two? I don't know. Is he at the same level right now? Can that be argued? <laughs> no. Are you sure? <laughs> Is he playing in the Italian top league? Do well, sure I don't mind on in the top, but what level are they? I believe they're in the Italian second division. Right. So, well, either way, it's not. No, he's not even at Monza anymore. He left. He's over in Turkey. For God's sake. Yeah, uh, I forgot. He left in the summer. He's now at uh, Adana Demispor, who are in uh, the Turkish top league after getting promoted last season. So, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't think he's the same level as Messi and Ronaldo. Well, fair play to Barry Belletier for trying to bring himself back into the limelight a little bit. It's weird. I did see this. I didn't really think it gained a lot of traction because I think people just passed the Barry Balotelli love now. It's like, oh, fuck it, him again. Yeah, but um, definitely not the same level as Messi or Ronaldo, and I don't know, even think he ever had the potential. I mean, if you think I about his time at Manchester City, eh, maybe it's just the environments that he was in. No, I think it was just him. He just never had the attitude to do it. Yeah, I mean, he only ever got one assist in the Premier League in his time at Man City. Hey, it was I the mean, best assist he did, so... Didn't need to do any yeah, I was going to say, we all know what the assist was. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that is this week's sole winner for... Uh, I mean, there was another one that could have potentially won it from Talk Sport, which was uh, between Jason Kundi and Jamie O'Hara talking on the fact that Spurs have now gone 14 years without winning a trophy. And Jason Kundi asked the question of whether Spurs would have taken or Spurs or Everton would take like a cup this season and a relegation. I know it's impossible for Spurs to get relegated this season. Wait, but is, I think is he trying to talk to Spurs like, fans like they're Birmingham City fans or something? Yeah, and I think the comment was like, oh, at this point they would take anything. I'm like, don't think any team wants to take relegation and a trophy. Like, I'd I don't know, again, ask Birmingham City fans. The league. Oh, true. But yeah... Um, I feel like that could be something very often we just have to look at what them lot are saying on uh, talk sport I don't know if you, that it was quite funny you saw their little what, it was Jamie O'Hara having a little mini rant and they were putting like music or, or sound effects behind it but it was quite <laughs> a little bit funny no I haven't seen it but it's, just like, it's funny in the sport. way it's like Jamie O'Hara mm. like come on it's always that way uh, right, that is the end of this week's uh, show. We will be back at the start of next week to wrap up all the weekend's talking points, including the big 
Battle of Manchester and any other talking points that arise over the weekend. And until then, it's goodbye from Brad. See ya. And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you soon.